1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.
2: Live around Australia on SEN
1: Track, welcome to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Good afternoon and welcome to Taz Racing Talk, what a big day ahead of us, what a big show and I don't want to go too far and be a little dramatic but I do welcome in the king of Tassie Racing, at least off course or at least in marquee I speak of Campbell Brown. Hello, Great
2: to be here, Yeah, very very uh, exciting that we're on the eve of another weekend uh-huh. and um, the possibilities are endless. That's I,
1: how I look at every single day. Every day. What a week it has been. What a
2: world it's been.
1: It has. And I, I think the only way to dive straight in, because last week, we ran out of time for our main man, Brennan Ryan. And I said, we're going to get you off the top this week because we ran out of time last week. So let's get to him. Our main man, Hobart and Launceston, not too far away. The gold collar final ride on our doorstep as well. Yep. It's about time we gave him the yep. the airtime he deserved. Well, he, 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 he demanded it, to be fair. <laughs> Brennan, uh, good afternoon to you.
3: Good afternoon, gents. G. You've read that script really well. You've both earned the 50 bucks I was about to pay you. Hey,
1: mate, you know what? We cash your comments of the highest order, mate. But uh, in all seriousness, how's the week been, brother?
3: Uh, it's been good. It's um, you know, We're building, uh, as we always do, right in our big features. And we're seeing a lot of our invitation dogs really strengthen up towards the Devonport Chase series, which is only about a fortnight away. So... Um, there's some good um, top-grade dogs in the state really shaping up for it. And, you know, we've got the Juvenile final of, that, of the Gold Collar at Launceston on Monday night. So just the anticipation is um, really good. And, you know, and the enthusiasm around the track is pretty, you know, pretty strong for racing at the moment.
1: Just uh, just on that, just for people who may not be aware, and I'm not fully 100% across So, just talk us through the Gold Collar final, uh, how you're qualifying, how it all works out.
3: Well, unfortunately, with the Gold Collar final this year, um, we called for at least at least four heats and we flat out uh, got 10 nominations so what happened was uh, those 10 noms were um, accepted as first preference and they filled out the field plus two emergencies so um, that field got through and it's got a good little mix there of you know the likes of just maybe for Gary England, as we all know who we've spoken to a couple of times he's got three nice pucks going around in the series and um, you know, it's a good little mix of um, un- some unknown, some new juveniles. So it's, um, yeah, it's always a, a race. It's been going since uh, the late '30s, so it's it's been around for a long, long time. The gold collar,
1: oh, beautifully done. All right, how have you been on the punt this week, Brennan? Honestly, uh,
3: we, oh, look on the honesty factor, it's pretty strong. We've been doing pretty well. Um, so coming have- out with a good winner on good winner on Monday night with um, he uh, he has charm there for David Croswell. Won over the 278. seventy eight was pretty good. Well. Priced and um, yeah, had a, tipped a couple of good winners there uh, last night at
1: Hobart as well. So. Now, this is something that I don't know, I can't speak for Brandon, I speak for myself here. Very often, very rarely, in fact, do we have someone that we mentor and really sculpt someone into being able to do what they should be doing. Mm. And when, when you joined us off the top, when we started Taz Racing Talk, Brendan, you're incredibly humble <laughs> and we told you real early humility is something that doesn't sit well at all. The Taz Racing Talker, SEN Track Crew. We've chipped away at the the armour, haven't we? And you finally, honest is what I need. That's (laughs) what I ask. I didn't want you to, oh, I've got a couple here and there. You've gone bang again this week, (laughs) Brennan, and I'm glad you're finally putting your hand up and telling the whole of the world. Oh well,
3: I'm glad I've got two mentors like you, fellas. I don't know what I'd do without
1: you. I <laughs> tell you what I reckon you'd do without us: flourish. Um, <laughs> all right, let's have a little look at some of the uh, some of you might think might go okay this weekend at Hobart and Launceston, mate. What do you like?
3: Uh, we're going to go to Launceston on Monday night, as we touched on. It's the Gold cover final night, and look, it's um, a race meeting that's got a few 278s going around. But um, uh, look, just quickly off the bat, I think. Um. Oh, I just uh, look. I think uh, going forward, uh, he has charm. Is going to step up to the 500 meters there on uh, on Monday night in at Launceston. He's in a Grade Five. He's got box three. Uh, he's looking to win four in a row. Um, and our warrior comes off a good win at Devonport. It's drawn the red, but I think he has charm. Should sneak away to um, you know, break through for his first 500 meters. So that's race seven, number three. He has charm.
1: All right, nice little start. Of course, if you do miss them, at SN underscore track, we do uh, get it all up on our socials as well. Big weekend, mate, huge weekend, and uh, a lot of excitement, the weather. What's the weather like down there at the moment?
3: Um, We've had a bit of a mixed day. Um, With the Melbourne Cup meeting on Tuesday, we had to race at Devonport on a Wednesday afternoon, and it absolutely bucketed down. It was a shocking day of racing, and uh, we got through it. The times were slow, but... um, Look, I had a dog that won up there on Tuesday, uh, Blackpool Flash. He ran twenty-five seventy-two, And look, it was a disadvantage because he's a high-speed dog and, and the track was just a dead set bog. He'd done well to get through it. And yeah, you know, and, and times were affected. So you, you can understand, like the previous week, he went twenty-five thirty-three, and then he's, he's come out around twenty five seventy two. So there's a different factor. in
1: All right. We've got a very special guest, Brennan. This is what also you do, not just tip winners and tell us what's going on in the state and everything Greyhound related. You always get the biggest... Guest, and of course we aren't too far away. What are we? We're about just over a month away from the Hobart Thousand. We can't wait for that. Is it December 15 or December sixteenth? Without having a look in front of me, it's around the middle of December. We can't wait, and uh, I believe your your next guest is extremely integral to the success of it.
3: Yes, um, we're about to join to be joined by uh, Claire Robbins, who's a member of the committee on the Hobart Ground Racing Club. She's um, well in control of the of the social medias and trying to bring a lot of young people, you know, into the industry. So, Claire, welcome on to SEN, and um, it must be a great time, you know. A lot of buzz around the club, you know, getting ready to host one of the oldest Group 1s in Australia.
4: Oh, yes, we're getting very excited. It's getting closer and closer by the day.
3: Um, You know, for you, Claire, you know, as a young person coming in, you've been in the industry, I should say, for quite a long time now, but you must get a great thrill to be a part of, you know, a, a great club such as Hobart that's been around for oh, ten years but it's, um, you know, it carries a lot of tradition and I know you've worked on, you know, the history of it and it must give you a lot of, you know, a lot of pride going there every Thursday night, uh, you know, knowing that you're a part of a, you know, great club.
4: Uh, it's a huge honour to be involved with the committee as the youngest standing member and to be involved with the organisation of such a great event like the Hobart Thousand is a huge honour.
3: No, I can imagine. And uh, what, look, so the guys can understand, you yourself, um, how do you play your role involved, you know, being involved in getting things organised? I know you're involved with in the social media side of it, but is there any other little things behind the scenes that you work on to, you know, to do your part involving, you know, for December 16th for the final night? Uh, There's a
4: lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. I'm fortunate enough to get to be a part of the meetings with the TAS Racing marketing team who help us out year after year and getting to coordinate all the finer details, the seating plans with Michelle in our office and all those finer details we all get to play a real big part in. So it's a lot of effort that goes into pulling it off at the end of the day.
3: Well, I can imagine. And... um... Obviously, around this time of the year, as the guys both know in all different codes, we all like to have that anticipation about you know what runners are going to come across, and you know are we going to get like Tommy Shelby come back and all those sort of things. So you must be hearing a lot of um, discussion around the track leading up to well, it's only a matter of weeks away the heats, but there must be plenty of talk about it.
4: Yeah, so with the interstate nominations closing on December the 2nd, there are talks now of who's coming down. There's a possibility that the great Tommy Shelby himself may make a return to defend his crown, which will be a huge honour for the club just to have him back in the state. But we've got so many great young local dogs coming up through the ranks as well. It's going to be a really, really good heaps and final this year.
3: No, oh, I can imagine. Yeah, no, for sure.
1: Claire, I might just jump right. in. Just, just sorry, do I jump in, but I just wanted to know, Claire. So, when you know, when it comes to the greyhound world, what's, what's a little bit of your background? How old were you when you got into it? When when did it all start to become a passion of yours? And uh, when did you know that it was something you really wanted to be uh, fairly hands on in?
4: Uh, it happened when I was twenty. My former partner. I used to go pick him up from the track and it kind of snowballed into catching dogs for one of our older trainers, Donnie Oldham, and then from there it just grew and grew and grew. I've been an owner trainer now for, I think it's nearly six years, and a breeder for nearly 12 months. So getting on the committee in the shadows of the Lake Denise Fish was a huge honour to be elected by my Racing peers down
1: here. It, it's addictive, Claire, isn't it? You sort of roll in and you, you mentioned that you've got a sort of a fleeting interest through someone else, and then it just grows and grows. And next thing you know, you're doing, you know, you're owning, you're training, you're breeding, you're in the committee of one of the, the biggest races in this country, and it just seems to snowball into opportunity after opportunity, which you continue to grasp.
4: It sure does, and that's what a lot of people on the outside don't see is the opportunities for young people coming up through. Uh, to get involved with things like Minister Howlett's Next Generation Racing Committee that Brent and I are both fortunate enough to be on, to get involved with catching dogs and learning about what goes on behind the scenes and off the track as well. There's just so many possibilities for a lot of young people out there that isn't really well advertised.
1: Uh, Claire, obviously with the Hobart 1,000 just over a month away, as we, we've touched on a little bit, there's, there's always different restrictions and logistically in today's day and age with coronavirus makes it a little tougher and a bit more complicated for for the clubs and the organizing committees and everyone else involved to make sure it runs really smoothly to be able to get everyone in safely of course and also to be able to get fans are we looking at a a capacity crowd what is that ongoing conversation like about making sure it's safe but also making sure it is a traditional Hobart thousand where many people can get there and enjoy a great night of racing
4: Last year, we were really surprised. We had so many more restrictions in place, right down from the dinner we have for the box store each year to crowd numbers and capacity where people could sit. We are looking at a similar type of thing and structure for this year. With ticketed sales, we will have a limit, but we would like to think we can reach that limit, whether that be we have downstairs of Elwick Open as well as the upstairs area, we're yet to discuss, but we'll be making announcements about that later down the end of next week.
1: Oh, I can't can't wait for it, and looking forward to it. And of course, I think the border restrictions open around that weekend, or maybe a day or two before. So there's always the opportunity for uh, non-Tasmanian uh, Greyhound fans Absolutely. to get down there and experience what is what is always a wonderful night.
4: Oh, it's going to be a great night. The border restrictions open on December fifteenth, and our final is the night after so definitely book your tickets come to Hobart we've got some great accommodation venues down here so make a weekend of it come and see our great state and witness this state's only group one race.
1: Claire I look I'm not one to be flipping about this because I understand that every decision is made at the highest order and with the the highest amount of conversation and the, the highest intelligence much higher than mine but it just feels like the Tasmanian government realised and said, hey, this is the biggest thing that happens this time of year. We've got to make sure yep. we can open the border and get this get this event with the people that uh, deserve and want to see it.
4: Oh, absolutely. I believe that the notoriety and the heritage and the prestige of this event is definitely going to play a part in opening these borders again. So we can have the mainland trainers that do play such a big part in this year after year, as well as our local participants, fully
2: getting the most out of the event. And, and Cam, you can do mm-hmm. what I do when I go down to Hobart. Get down a day early, Yes. get some culture out at Mona, right, and then go to Elwick and punt. That's how I sort of make it a whole weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
5: yes.
1: and, uh, That's to... definitely the way to do it. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, um, he might have kept a couple of little uh, specific details about singing and grabbing karaoke and DJing in the market, Just yeah, quiet, yeah. feet You've got it all covered. Yeah, Brennan. Last words for Claire before we let it go, mate. Ah, uh,
3: look, Claire. All I can say is I know it's a busy time, and I look forward to you know being a part of it. And um, you know, no matter what it is, I think every you know the all the little things that are going to happen. But I think the committee must be proud that you know no matter the field, it's going to be a good night on December sixteenth.
4: Yeah, the committee's very excited. We're all working very hard, playing our part to get this event off the ground. And we just can't wait to welcome everyone to Hobart and to celebrate the biggest race in this state.
1: Outstanding, Claire. Thank you uh, not just for joining us, which we're extremely appreciative of, but all the great work you do, both as an owner, trainer, breeder, and, of course, being a huge part of this wonderful race uh, on December 16th. Thank you.
4: No worries. Thanks for having
1: me. Claire Robbins, there you go. She joins us. Brennan, before we let you go, mate, I just want to roll through those tips again. A couple of people just off the text who might have got to the show a little late just asking what's going on, mate. What do you got for us? Uh,
3: As we stated, race 7, number 3 at Launceston on Monday night. He has charm. I think he's going to do very well to break through for his 5.15-metre win and uh, win his fourth win in a row. And plus, we've got the gold colour, which is the race before race 6, I'm going to stick with Just May B for trainer Gary Fay from Box 3. She's a Breeders Classic winner, and I think she's – um, look, the draw's a little bit tough, but I think she's very capable of um, pulling the race off.
1: Beautifully done. As always, mate, love having a bit more time with you today and uh, looking forward to having a chat next Friday.
3: Look forward to it, guys. Talk to you soon. Brennan
1: she's Ryan, been... superstar, at SCN underscore track. If you did miss the tips, they'll be back up again. We'll get to a break. Plenty more on the other side of this on Taz Racing Talks
2: live around Australia on SEN track. You're
1: listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Good afternoon to you Taz Racing Talk. Campbell Brown, Cam Luke, get involved 0499 736 736 to get involved. Brendan Ryan's tips will be up at SEN underscore track on our socials. All right, man who is uh he's having a good week. He's had a very good week. He's having a really good week. He's, in... He rides one of my favourite horses down in uh, in Tassie too. Yeah, but Johnny Chuspa. Yeah, well, hang on. He is one of your favourite horses. Then you were on you and I were on track at Flemington on, on Tuesday and you it up because the only time you haven't backed it in recent times was on Tuesday That's true. after it got the job done. I speak of uh Bullant Muku who joins us right now. Mate, welcome. Great week. Nice work.
6: Uh hello guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, mate, you're in you're in some fine form. We'll start with Tuesday because anytime there's a, uh, a Melbourne Cup day, and there's meetings right around the country. There's there's always a lot of eyeballs and, and a lot of uh, higher profile of exposure on certain meetings. And tell you what, to ride a double mate on uh, what was two really nice horses and two really great rides is a is a testament to yourself. And I'm I'm assuming fairly fair bit exciting.
6: Yeah, it was a it was a terrific day in a terrific meeting. It was a Melbourne Cup day. You all get a little bit hung up. Um, it was a it was a very good meeting. Yeah.
1: What do you um just just your 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 background of course, Turkish born, how, how did it all to get into it for you? It got into racing and how did it end up that you down there on Melbourne Cup Day and, and dominating Tasmania? We'll get to we'll get to Launceston in a moment, but what's your background to to end up where you are right now?
6: Uh, it was a little bit rough with that road. Uh when I was fourteen, I signed up for being a Ponis in in Istanbul in Turkey. Um the sort of selected Ten boys from the 60th boys in apprentice school. I was fortunate to, to come to Australia to be an apprentice uh, when I was 14. But that was just for the, the study for 12 months down here. So then back home, I sort of decided to come back in Australia. Um, I always had a visa problem. Then I ended up going back to America, get more experience. And then came back home and then I decided to come back to Australia a bit more permanent.
1: Just, just just, quickly, I, I don't know a great deal about Turkish racing. Is, is, is racing in Turkey a, a big deal? Are there big racing? Is there a, a huge amount of meetings?
6: Um, it is. Um, I can compare the, the race in Istanbul, sort of uh, Melbourne City racing. Yep. It's a lot of competition. at a lot of riders there. Uh, in my time, actually, there were more riders than the horses, and there was a lot of competition. I don't think I was getting much chances. But saying that, my always aim to come back to Australia.
1: Well, well, when there's more jockeys than horses, it, it is a very competitive market, no doubt. And I think you've made the right call because you're having a really nice time of it. Well, when you, when you look at the way you're riding right now, and of course experience, and you're working way through through the ranks of which you are, is this the best you've ever ridden? Do you think are you are you in career best form? Uh, I can say that uh, last
6: probably last two or three seasons. I really lifted the bar for myself yep. um, because i'm i mean i'm i'm thirty three now i'm I'm feeling the my best, feeling very strong physically and mentally I really want to lift the bar and um, I'm quite happy the way i'm going as well
2: paul well, who uh who did you model your riding on when when you're a young man that first took up the caper as a a young athlete you always have idols and and people that you follow was there a jockey or or a style in particular that you really tried to model your riding on?
6: Not typically. Um, I I always find a way to, to improve myself. Um, there's always there's always people out there to look up. Um, I do follow different kinds of uh, sports as well, but um, like I always thought I could always find a way to actually improve myself when I look at the when I look at myself. But there there are always you know, the great is riding around me uh, all the time. I always picked up little things from them, even though when I was in lot of mistakes.
2: Let's talk about Johnny Chuspo, because it's a horse that I I backed uh, about a month ago at Launceston at about 10 to 1, and uh, we were absolutely robbed when Welborough just speared through late to to snatch victory from us. And since then, the horse has come out, thanks to your excellent jockey work, and absolutely brained them uh, in the last two runs. And um, it's been a little bit of rain down there, and the horse has just been... Eating up uh, the soft and, and heavy ground, but the, the, the horse is in career best form, isn't it, Johnny?
6: Yeah, he is at the moment. Uh, when I rode him first um, time, when he came to Tasmania, I really liked him. Um, I couldn't ride him properly in that race, but I told Gary White I really wanted to stick with the horse. Um, then he went to Ho- uh, Devonport, then uh, a couple of races there, then come back to System, like you said, the moment I won the race and I ran second.
7: So, <laughs> yeah.
6: But I sort of got to learn a bit more about the horse as well. I just rode him a bit more confidently. Um, and my timing was quite uh, right when I rode him last couple of stars as well. And is a very nice horse going forward.
2: Nita Flutter was the other horse that uh, that you saluted with on Tuesday. And quite an appropriate name because it was extremely well-backed. It Ended up jumping at about $4.80, but... Uh, you got a much better price if you if you took it early. That's uh, that's a ho- that's a horse that um, first career win. But uh, how how big a future do you think that filly has got?
6: Look, I, I do know the horse a little bit. I never ridden the horse, but I used to ride tracker next to her, and uh, my my uh, my friend Mehmet jumped a rat next to me one one morning in Brighton, and then she won to jump about like ten fifteen lengths, and I do I. Did know her a little bit before the race, and then I knew she could be a little slower from the gate. I really wanted to be positive with her to get to the front, but then she missed a kick by a couple of lengths, and then she really must have speed to get to the front. And then I was, I knew I was quite comfortable there, and then and then she sort of felt good up in front, and then she she wanted to fight that line.
2: Yeah, it was a lovely win, um, and the partners really did salute on that occasion. Hey, Bullen, do you have any uh, ambitions of? Of coming to the the mainland and, and riding, um, you know, somewhere Victoria or New South Wales or whatever that may be, or or you're more than content just uh, dominating and down in Tasmania.
6: Look, um, I did had I did make some uh, decisions back in back in the days that I could have finished my punishment back in Tasmania, go back to my own country, which I did that, but I sort of I never felt quite comfortable doing it because I really liked the quiet life in Tasmania, so that probably what keeps me here, so the lifestyle. So uh, going for looking for future, I don't think I'm gonna make any change.
2: Have you you've obviously still got um family back in Turkey? Uh there's been a long period of time through COVID that we haven't been able to, to travel or do anything like that. Have you got any plans over Christmas to, to get back uh to your former homeland and, and catch up with, with family and relatives?
6: Yeah look I I generally take a uh, break twice in a year to visit my family. That must be for the COVID. Uh, I'm actually look forward to the border open again so I can get this in my family. Like, I probably would take a, a few months break to, to visit my family because I used to visit them twice a year. And then I haven't actually visited them for, like, a couple of years now.
2: <laughs> you, you, you did say you like the quiet life in Tasmania. I'm a guy that sort of likes uh, to get out and about. What's uh, Istanbul... Istanbul, like for a a party capital, if I was to make my way over there at some stage in the future?
6: It is a very, very big city. Uh, The population is like, can go up to 18, 19 million in a day, which is a very busy city. Wow. That's sort of of a lot I actually want to get away from. (laughs) And then I come to Tasmania, it was so quiet and. um, I just didn't want to make any movement after here.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, brother, thank you for joining us. Uh, next Wednesday, Launceston, is there You going to be an idea one we should look out for?
6: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get on the horse uh, called Power Magnum in the Maiden 1400s. I look forward to winning on him after uh, getting a couple of starts. So he's a very nice uh, uh, galloper, and I look forward to riding him.
1: We look forward to it winning and us having our money on it because uh, and Wednesday nights are a huge part of SEN track and uh, what we do on a, a day-to-day basis. Mate, we have appreciated this chat as always. Love you picking up the phone. You're in ripping form. We we love you doing the work you're doing right now. Mate, keep it up.
6: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
1: There he is. Man in serious form. Yeah, he's going really Hulamuku well. is right now on fire. Three this week. Double on Cup Day at Hobart. and rolls in Wednesday night and, to be fair, spoke fairly bullish about it next Wednesday night as well. He did. Should we try and get SCN Track Insta... I was going to say Turkey. I will go Turkey. (laughs) SCN (laughs) Track, Turkey out,
2: Mate, I would love nothing more than going to a a track uh, on Istanbul Mm -hmm. and just tearing it to shreds like we've done in Warrnambool and... uh, like I've done down in Devonport, Hobart, and.
1: are going to locals like us.
2: Lonnie, uh, and we we'll reckon
1: the locals would get around us in track in a marquee, us losing our minds, or in a local watering hole. As
2: long as they We're had an interpreter there. to sort oh,
1: of. <laughs> We'd have to take someone with us to, uh, you know, we, we yell something and then they do it in Turkish, yeah. Jeez, be I might be. I might be
2: heading back to Tassie.
1: Uh, There's no might about over it over
2: the summer. There's no might about it
1: for, for some of the cups. Well, you don't tell me if someone those cashew deals again. Have you left us all back here working in the mainland while you're down well, having the time of your life? through. It. You can come. God's this year. country.
2: We tried to get you there last year or the earlier this year, and I think you had uh, some uh, some commitments. I think clashed with yeah, clashed with something. But you're right. I'm going to work it out. Uh, we haven't touched on uh, Mystic Journey's run. We haven't um, yet. Have we? The do Rose?
1: we do it on the other side yeah. of Because Still a Star was pretty good as well. We'll do that on the other side of this. Taz Racing Talk.
2: Live around Australia on SEN track. You're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown.
1: Yeah, we're getting into it. You can text anytime you like. 0499 736 736. Racing Talk. <clears throat> I'm croaky. It's been a it big be. week. Hey, Brecky,
2: then SEN yep. track, burning the candle at both ends. Oh, yeah. uh, I Saw
1: you out for dinner with uh,
2: tags yep. late at night. I, I ducked home and uh, I might as well have come out with you, mate, because my missus gave me the relatively simple job of putting the two kids to bed when oh, I got home at wow. seven thirty while she was on a Zoom.
1: You make it sound simple. I don't. I'm, I can't. I got no quarter past experience. nine. Oh, what?
2: When I'm still chasing them around the house, and one of them can't even walk yet. I was chasing around the house. They wouldn't go to bed for me.
1: You know what you should have done?
2: You should have bribed them. (laughs) Do you know what I should have done? Gone out for dinner with you.
1: Yeah, that's also true.
2: And (laughs) uh, missed the whole process. (laughs) That's what I should have done, but did the right thing, and even when I did the right thing, it was the wrong thing.
1: Hey, what you can do, and you continue to do, is lad broke at this spring carnival, make every race... Even more exciting over the spring. Gamble responsibly. Call one eight hundred eight five eight eight five eight. And Tommy Hackett from Ladbrokes joins us. Hello, big fella. Hello, boys. How you going, mate? How's the uh, the week
8: been? It's been a big week, but I think it's been an outstanding Melbourne Cup Car- Carnival week. To be honest, uh, we've had the memorable memorable Derby Day, packed full of excitement and. One of the best Melbourne cut wins uh, I think we've seen in a long time with very elegant getting the job done. And then yesterday, Ollie getting yet another Oaks win with willowy So... Uh We've seen the big trainers come to the fore. We've seen the best jockeys in the country. Some of the best jockeys ever, some would argue, come to the fore as well. And we've seen some really good horses come to the fore. So looking forward to tomorrow as well, where we see another champion in action as well with Nature Troop and another potential champion with Zaki. So I think it's been outstanding, Melbourne Cup Carnival, and I'm really looking forward to tomorrow as well.
1: Before we get stuck into tomorrow and what it all means and some of the prices you've got, I, I couldn't, could not agree any more with you. And I think if you break it down, and, and so much of of the world is negative. It, we, as society, or as, as humans, as generations, we focus more on the negatives. And so much of the talk leading into the weekend and really started the day before the Ludbrox Cox play was around Gold Trip and the vet and all the rest of it. What has happened on this day? Hitotu is a bloody good horse, was dominant in the Derby. We'll see bigger things there. A horse that's now won 10 Group 1s, was dominant in the Melbourne Cup. And that's a great story. In the first four, a competitive in every single Melbourne Cup In the last 20-odd years. No doubt at all, which just – you know what? There might have been a couple of horses down, you know, 35 links off them that, you know, you could question if they should be in there. But that's what the Melbourne Cup is about, having these stories and having opportunities to win our greatest race. And you're right, Oli, yesterday, but (laughs) – I know I, I, know I this won't shock you, Tom, because occasionally I come out with something pretty big, but uh, Willowy wins yesterday. She wasn't even the uh, most impressive three-year-old filly in the day. His sponier was unbelievable. And this morning on Spring Racing Breakfast, I doubt you were up, Tommy, or definitely you weren't up, Brownie. <laughs> I said, in 50 weeks' time, we'll see her in a cox plate. Am I like, being too dramatically unrealistic? No,
8: I think you're being bang on. It was one of the most impressive uh, carnival wins I can remember. Yep. Just the way she travelled into the race and then how soft Jane Mack was on her late. I know this is as big a comparison as you can ever make, but it reminded me of early black caviar. Yeah, and that's yeah. a huge call. And I don't say that I don't say that lightly, but that's what it reminded me of. And we uh, don't think that's silly at all. Uh, she's right in our cox plate market now already. We've got her in there at $26. Uh, that's uh, the same price as the likes of Colette. Uh, gold trip, mugger two, uh, Probable, So we've already got a pretty well-marked here nice and early for that, for that Lovebrokes-Tox play. But it was just an unbelievable win. And uh, fangirl on the on the Saturday as well. She yep. was very impressive. Yep. So, uh, Chris, voila, he can find a horse, can't he?
2: He certainly can. I want to talk about Mystic Journey, who I thought, I know Mystic Journey's won a Group 1. I thought that the run on Saturday in the Empire Rose was as big as, as any win that she's had. I came second, but only beaten uh, 0.3 lengths to Colette, who I rate as a potential superstar. It was a didn't get the win, hasn't got the win yet, this preparation, but has been running outstandingly, Mystic Journey.
8: I agree, Brandy. I think she's back to her very best. She was brilliant the other day behind Colette. It took a, a brilliant performance from Colette and a brilliant ride from Damien Oliver to deny her another group one win. And I've been thinking about the future of Mystic Journey and the All-Star Mile's back at Flemington next year. And we know she's won it before at Flemington. Her record at the Flemington Mile is absolutely outstanding. If I was Adam Trinder, I'd be all guns blazing towards that All-Star Mile. And I think she'd go into the race uh, as a very genuine winning chance. And then I'd love to see her up in Sydney as well. Uh, I'm not sure if I've ever seen her in Sydney before, but I'd love to see her in a race like a Doncaster. Because if Mm. she comes back, in the sort of form that she was, she's shown this spring. She she's riding races like the Doncaster, and then a week later potentially the the Queen of the Turf as well. So it's been great to see her back to back to her very best, and hopefully we've still got a few good uh, campaigns left with her because she's a she's not only a she's been a great servant to Tasmanian racing, but I think she's one of the most popular mares in the country. Really, uh, her story has just been unbelievable, and uh, she's definitely a horse that wherever she goes, she garners uh, public attention.
1: Now, these still. Are you still giving two forty, two fifty for Zaki? Have you finally finally said, you know what, that's ridiculous. Let's put him in a dollar seventy where he belongs to be. Two dollars forty
8: still oh, available here on, at Lud yeah. I love you. I love you. Yeah, yeah, plenty of uh, value on offer there if you like. Zaki, he, uh, he hasn't even been the best back from his stable in that race. Moonga's the market mover. He's been nine dollars, uh, I've got a short of seven dollars back out to eight dollars now. Collects right there in the market as well, five dollars into four dollars eighty. You've got a host of horses that are racing well at double figure odds, but I'm excited to see Zaki back in action. I'm certainly not as big a Zaki fan as you are, Cam. If you are, to be fair, but uh, I think two dollars. I think he's a deserving favourite, two dollars forty, probably fair for me. Horse I'm looking forward to seeing at two thousand metres for the first time is Cascadian. We know he's, he's never been out to 2,000 metres before in his career. He's got a great record at the mile without necessarily winning very often. But he was very good last start in the last day. Mm. they he good before that in Epson. So if you're playing in market, Zaki out. Or if you're playing, I'd be, I'm playing him uh, one unit to win, three units to place in the McKinney. Because you're getting $3.10 to place. Because the horse. I'm very excited to see on Saturday in the, over the 2,000 metres.
1: Yeah, well, if he can run the 2,000, he's going to know it because Zaki's going to just roll along in front and uh, make them – a lot of them are backmarkers in this race too, which makes it even a little bit, uh, a little bit more intriguing of how the race will play out. As always, Tommy, thank you. Thanks, boys. Tommy Hackett, Ladbrokes, make sure you Ladbroke it this spring carnival. Gamble responsibly. Call one 858 From one legend to another one. Jamie Cockshay joins us. Jamie, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, lads. Mate, there's a lot going on. Launceston Sunday night. A uh, huge amount of uh, best bets I've seen that you are very confident this weekend. What do you like?
7: Yeah, well, we went had a, had a lean trot last weekend, mate. So let's try a <laughs> back this week. Um, yeah, we had the the heats of the size three old size stakes series at long on Sunday night. You know, a ten race card and yeah, we get um the three best bets come up in those three heats to be honest. Um the first one comes up race two, number six, ILAC Beach. Um, it's going to be around about 2.40 because number two rocking overtime is going to be well supported but I like Beach is a you know, very impressive type um, I just think he can go to the breeze and prove too strong for him head across to the first seat of the Phillies division race four number seven Mellon Rowley draw on the top of the track but it's a pretty weak heat this one so I reckon Gareth Rattray can push forward at his leisure, find the breeze and if not even bully his way to the lead and I think he'll be winning around about flip of the coin on and race five number two, Baruga Rock. Um, I tipped her strongly a couple of weeks ago, boys, and didn't get the job done but it was huge in defeat. So I think she can, you know, return the favour this weekend on you know, she'll be winning around the two dollar mark as well. Um, there's one of value, race seven, number eleven, Major Lester. Should be four or five dollars a field this race and he's been super in nearly every state he's had in the state, just had no luck. And he just maps to get the right running of the race and if he's within 10 metres of the lead he's at the top of the straight, I'll think he'll run faster, to be honest. Uh, oh. And there's one that oh, hello. Nice. Go on. Race 10, number 12, Baccarat. Raced at Devonport last week and showed a return to form. Uh, was very confident-driven and just got run down late. Uh, this race is no stronger. He's going to have to get a card in the race, but he should be around 21 $26, and he's worth a few coins each way at those odds.
1: Love it. And as always, Jamie, you get the biggest guest, and you've got one joining us right now on TAS Racing Talk.
7: Yeah, Natalie Emery's going to join us, lads, and, yeah, she's one of the uh,
1: the good girls in Tasmanian Airlines racing, that's for sure. Well, Natalie, good afternoon to you. Hi, boys. How are you? <laughs> Doing really well, and uh, I'll tell you what, nice nice weekend ahead of you.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, very nice.
1: <laughs> How's the confidence levels? Uh,
0: yeah, pretty good. I- been at work all week so um no look I, I was basically just going to launceston for one drive and i've um, picked up two handy drives so um yeah i'll take whatever comes my way
1: oh jeez i tell you what handy handy drives might be an understatement that
0: <laughs> yeah very, very much so, I think, yeah. take it away jamie
1: yeah, yeah
7: well we uh, were pretty good on um whenever emma Stewart um tried to give you a ring, Nat, and. Um, you wasn't able to answer your phone, but then she sent you a message to tell you you picked up the drive on the Raging Hot Favourite for the, the Sire Stakes Series in Longfellow. Um, as we all know, he's an ex-Tasmanian, and he was sold and went to Emma Stewart's stable. and he ran third in the Victoria Derby a couple of weeks ago, and then he was a dominant winner of a feature race last week at and, um Yeah, I'm sure he'll kick off the night for you in race one, but he's not a betting proposition because he'll go around at $1. four.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. since he's gone to the mainland, he's he's gone uh, in leaps and bounds and uh, I did have a look at the when they first came out and noticed that uh, she had him in, down here and um, yeah, definitely was not expecting uh, to get a phone call, let alone missed a phone call when um, she tried to call me but she sent me a text message and um, said that she'd put me down and yeah, so it's a, a really nice surprise and... Um,
6: Yeah, well,
7: then we head across to the second race, Now You picked up the drive-on rock-on-roll Nitro. Um, he's drawn ideally to give a bit of cheek at odds, but, you know, this is a bit tougher than what he's racing, but you are going to get the good run behind the speed, and if the two likely favourites go into a war you know, at the 400, he's not about a sneaky chance at double-figure odds.
0: Yeah, look, in a, in a field like this, he's um, there's probably uh, some better horses in there, but he's drawn... Draw nicely to sit in there behind the speed and, as I said, like, um, you know, like he should be thereabouts. But, um, yeah, he should want a nice race from there.
7: And then we head across to another one of my best bets of the night, uh, Baruga Rock. Uh, she was very good in defeat the other week. Um, probably just had to the leader put the foot down to the 800 and ran a, a bit quick down from the 8 to the 400, which just have a vulnerable late, But um, I think she can bounce back this weekend. And put her hand up and say she's the one to beat in the final in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, look she's um she's a nice little filly that's um sort of taken a step forward and as I said, like she uh, she probably just had to do a little bit too much last up. But in saying that, like her run was brilliant. Um you can't fault her really. She um she's only had a few starts and she's racing really well.
1: I can't wait for it. Can not wait for it, Natalie. We are running out of time, unfortunately, but I have a feeling we might have you back on next week talking in review in, uh, you know, in very exciting terms about how the, the weekend plays out. So good luck for the weekend, and we appreciate you jumping on the line.
0: No problems. Thanks very much.
1: Yeah, the type of calls you want to miss, Brownie. The ones that have got great news on the back of it and a simple text message. Jamie, as always, we appreciate your time, mate. We'll get you off the top next week, give you a little more time. Low worries rising, lads. Thank you. Superstar Jamie Crockshot. There you go. Race two, number six, race four, number seven, race five, number two. And the value is race seven and number eleven at Launceston on a Sunday night. A quick break. Plenty more on Taz Racing Talk next. Live around Australia on SEN track. You're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Taz Racing Talk, we're not too far away from finishing this all up. You can get involved whenever you like. Zero four double nine. Matt Reed joins us, Taz Racing, form analyst. A lot going on. Hello, Matt. Afternoon, fellas. How are you? Good, mate. Uh, You've been very busy this week, Launceston Trials. I see Hobart, of course, on Tuesday, Wednesday night at Launceston. A couple of really promising young horses getting around. What do you like? One that's stuck in your mind is one we have to follow
5: well we've got four that i'll touch on and i'm not really um picking anything out that punters don't already know about because all these horses are guns i'll start at the lonnie trials on monday uh launceston's used sparingly for trials so this session that we have every year is always popular a couple of our gun juveniles from last season stepped out there turk warrior we know all about him he's unbeaten six from six and was panels better than anything he raced as a two-year-old last season Well, he ran a length quicker than anything else in Launceston on Monday at the trials. Trainer Glenn Stevenson can hardly contain his excitement. We'll see him in an 1,100 metre race in Launceston on the 17th. I'm not sure he'll be a betting proposition, but the the question now is just sort of how good is Turk Warrior. He hasn't been smashing the clock and he can only really beat what's been in front of him. But we'll get more of an idea about him this season and, and we don't have long to wait. And I'm not sure where this horse is going to pop up, but I'm definitely buying stock in Swoop Dog. He SP'd $2 in our Tassie Derby back in February against a horse called Explosive Jack, who won that race en route to winning two Group 1. So pretty handy horse is Swoop Dog. Love the way he would picked up in his trial. And look, he could be anything, so... Just
1: excited to see where Swoop Dog pops up. Oh, Swoop Dog. It's a great name as well. I look forward to it. <laughs> it just this comes across as a, a punter's delight. People will jump in and 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 have a little crack at it, even the $5 each way punters, because of the nice name. All right, Tuesday, what uh, what come out of what was a a very good meeting at Hobart on Melbourne Cup Day?
5: Yeah, a couple of follow from the meetings this week. Um, Algernon was an arrogant winner to start the day in in Hobart on Tuesday. I tried to get him beat, but that was a bit silly. Uh, <laughs> Goodwood handicap next Sunday in Hobart. Shapes as his likely next assignment. We have a bit of a situation in Tassie at the moment where a few trainers are reluctant to bring their horses to Hobart due to concerns about the track. But Algernon's won five of his six starts there. He absolutely loves it. And I'd say whatever beats him in the Goodwood will be winning the race. So that's Algernon next Sunday, the 14th in Hobart. Um, We go to Launceston on Wednesday night. Grey-gelding Sir Simon was a dominant winner for the second time in as many starts this campaign. Scotty Brunton actually took him to the Greys race on Oaks Day mm. in 2019. It's the sole time he's, he's been across Bass Strait, mm. this horse. He finished down the track as a $9 chance. But it sounds like another trip across Bass Strait beckons to him. Scotty's picked out the Kilmore Cup as a target, and he might even have a stable mate and shot of Irish in the same race as well. Both horses are on paces. it would probably be suited by the way that the Kilmore track races. So keep an eye out for those couple over in your neck of the woods, boys, pretty
1: soon. Just, just on the, that, that's a perfectly placed race for that horse. Uh, too often trainers will try and do something, you know, oh, you know, he bolts in like it, everyone's jumping on, and it's a good horse. So let's just – I really like that as a placement from, the, from, uh, from Scotty.
5: Yeah, well, he he made it to the Hobart Cup with Sir Simon last year and I think he realised that the horse probably doesn't stay. So he's looking for races around 1,400 to a mile and and he's an on-pacer who'd just be perfectly suited by Kilmore, I think, um, from at least what I've seen on the telly. I don't know, you boys might have had a a few junkets out to Kilmore Cups, but uh, I think... It, it races downhill and generally suits the on paces. So, for sure. I think you're spot on, Cam. It, it does look like a, a pretty good race.
1: For Matty, thank you, buddy. We're got to let you go, but we'll chat again sometime real soon. Maybe next Friday. Give a bit more room to tell the punters who we should be looking for. Thanks, fellas. Talk soon. Beautifully done, Matt Reed, Taz Racing Form Analyst. We're gonna be Brownie, and by that I mean we're going to the studio next door, tear it apart, rip it apart for your Friday trackside. Get involved. 049-736-736. What time's the first at Warnable? Today. Yeah. Soon. How soon? Pretty soon. How soon? 14 minutes. Uh, we'll be on air. i got one. I like what it was. It's next.